Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. In the text, sometimes it's uh, very funny. Um, I find it funny. <laughs> so the Buddha uh, instructs the unruly monks and nuns, and uh, they don't listen. And uh, he instructs again, and they don't listen. And at some point, they come back, you know, and the, and they're like, "Where is the Buddha? He's gone." The, the hut is empty and uh, he's nowhere to be found and <laughs> you read in the sutra the Buddha just takes off he said they don't listen so I'll take my stuff and go practice in the woods <laughs> uh, and so he just takes off like this and, uh, and I was uh, thinking you know, I was like, what's the story with the killing of the horses? Have you heard this, uh, this uh, su- sutra? So in this sutra, the Buddha uh, meets um, uh, somebody who trains horses. And he says, um, I read his name earlier because I went to look, look it up to make sure that I had the story right. And um, I think his name is Casey or something like, like this. And he says, Casey, you, who is a... You know, um, horse trainer, uh, renowned horse trainer of tameable horses. How do you tame the horses? And said, "Oh, I tamed the horses mildly with mild uh, instructions or something like this." And I tamed them also harshly. I tamed them sometimes mildly, sometimes harshly, sometimes mildly, uh, mildly and harshly. And the Buddha says, "Oh, I do the same." What do you do when they are untrainable? Yeah. And the, the, the horse trainer says, Oh, I killed them. <laughs> and the Buddha says, uh, Oh, I do the same. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, so the, the horse trainer says, um, He says, uh, I, I killed them because I, I wouldn't want, I'm in, I'm in, the, in the lineage of uh, trainers, you know, very respected, and I don't want to. Uh, uh, give a b- bad image of that lineage, so I have to kill the, the horse. And, uh, and, and the Buddha says, yeah, me too. And he said, but how can you, you're not supposed to kill. <laughs> the, the horseman says that. You're not supposed to kill beings, you know. And the Buddha says, uh, you know, I, sometimes I train mild- mildly, and if uh, the message doesn't go through, I, I train harshly. And if the message doesn't go through, then... I do not speak to this person anymore. I do not see this person, this, uh, this uh, being. And the other in the congregation, we could see, do the same. And in this way, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's what we do. And, um, et voila, just... Uh <laughs> I don't know why am I speaking about this this morning. <laughs> so... Um, uh, and so I want to say, yeah, the form is really... Uh, so I, I see a little looseness in the form appearing in different kinds of ways. And uh, it's, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm trying to look inside. Of course, I'm doing my inner job to the best of my ability. 
I think I really want to keep the form going because it's a very powerful form. And so I see it also with speech, like speech starts to appear in places where suddenly, you know, there's a clinging, you know, like I have a, a thought so it should be shared, you know, I have a question so it should be shared in a written form or in a spoken form now, you know. And here we're practicing being aware of things arising. And if we stay long enough, we'll see them passing. You know, so that's the training we're doing. And we give it the form, which is the silence, uh, the moments where we agree that we're going to speak together, moments where it's not in the form. Uh, you know, uh, and so, and it's, it's, uh, it happens a lot. I spend a lot of time on retreats. And of course, on the last you know, day, things kind of accelerate, disintegrate, so it's good to re-agree on the form. So thank you very much for, for maintaining the form and also allowing ourselves to, uh, to uh, rename what is the form. And also, not just the form, but the content. The heart of the thing is being attentive, attentive with intelligence. You know, being attentive, of course the attention comes and goes, but, uh, you know, inviting it again here in this really precious, especially precious day of practice, because it's one that follows several. So it's more precious than the first one. So keeping the form. And so, uh, you know, beings become familiar sometimes with, like, you know, and they start kind of owning in ways, spaces, spaces of practice, or that's what can happen. It's a form of clinging, you know, it's mine now, you know. And so, whoops, and, and it can create confusion in the community, whatever the size of the community happens to be, you know. And we're like, oh, hold on, we had agreements, but now they, it doesn't seem like they hold anymore. The one about letting the teacher serve first is, is a really strange situation for me to be in because I'm, I'm you know, it, there's a really big conflict of interest, you know. Uh, it's, it, what might seem like asserting privilege might be, th- there might be a part of this that is unconscious. But I think, f- uh, maybe I can explain to you a little bit the reality of a teacher, a traveling teacher like this one, there's many of them. Um, it's not easy to, to do this, uh, this thing. And, uh, um, so the teacher really wants to, in this case, wants to be spontaneous, you know, reflect, uh, reflect you know, but not reading a text, you know. Wants to be spontaneous because there's aliveness. It seems closer to reality of the aliveness. And also because it can adapt to what's being said in the meetings, what is seen. So it takes uh, some time to do this before showing up, like this morning. It takes a little moment of reflection, what would be appropriate now, you know? Um, and so it takes, uh, this takes time uh, to answer a note, uh, takes time, which, uh, uh, you know, by the way, as we agreed today, the sh- you know, if you've already written a note, you've probably used all your note potential <laughs> <laughs> privilege, you know? So uh, this and this uh, trusting you, being honest—that—that's kind of the transparency. Something I'm uh, interested in. Uh, So the teacher uh, (coughs) has a lot of emails coming in. 
because there's the next retreat and they want to know this person has already phoned five times this retreat and they feel they seem very unstable what should we do should they come or not and there's the dates for this has to go up on the website what is the theme what is the blurb no not that blurb not that theme the other teacher before had that theme you know and it keeps coming in and the teacher wants to stay very stable extremely available but it's part of a system where people are waiting for uh, answers. Doesn't want to, you know, disrupt the system. Wants to kind of collaborate in a good way. And and uh, and there's this committee now, the scholarship for diversity. They want to make the decision. It's important for the next board meeting. You have to review the 16-page document and agree on the ethics of this. You know, so these things are truly happening at the same time. And the teacher is trying to balance this, you know, with uh, keeping the practice going and supporting well, trying to do an excellent job, trying to. And so giving a little space for the teacher to eat, you know, to f- uh, serve themselves first, is not so much a thing about power and privilege, although it's in, it's in the equation, so it's, it's delicate. But it's also giving space for the teacher to eat, uh, and the teacher is this one this time, but next time it'll be another one. You know, it's just the human being keeps changing, but the role might be the same with the next one. You know, and so this is a little bit what's what's at play. Then give one bad night of sleep to the teacher, and it doesn't. Maybe you have half a brain, but you still have the same tasks. You know, so it's very uh, it's very uh, uh, tricky. Um, and so these little gaps of time there was just to it's a, f- a way to recognize together as a community so that the, the teacher in the road doesn't hold this uh, alone but says like look one part you can do is this little part you know and of course we're going to forget this it, you know at the moment where the food arrives and, and we're hungry and this and you know it, it's, it can uh, it's, it can be very uneven of course but um so, voila, honestly, like uh, sharing with you the, the reality. And you don't have to worry about uh, the teacher. It's, to- it's totally doable, <laughs> you know. So it's, it's, uh, it's actually okay in a way. It's fun, you know. But it's a, it's a, it's a balancing act. So, so, voila. Thank you so much. Um, so that's why the Buddha apparently would mm-hmm. take his stuff and leave sometimes. <laughs> Didn't want to answer emails anymore. <laughs> and so today, I had in mind to bring yet another aspect of experience. Would this be appropriate? So I'll name it. And then you'll, be, you'll have to be responsible and think, you know what, my plate is full. I'm going to check out on this one. <laughs> you know, I'll let him be noises in my background. And yet I'll suggest something, because it might be of interest to some of us here. And uh, we mentioned it uh, yesterday in the, in the talk. It's... Uh, the aspect of uh, intention, 
intentionality, which is a thing that happens to human beings all the time. Uh, it's a, we could uh, say it's an element of mind. So, for example, as I'm looking around here, I think I can see uh, outwardly, you know, so all these things we've been talking about, the Buddha say, see them inwardly, see them outwardly. Notice the body inwardly, and or externally, I think is the uh, usual tr- uh, translation, externally. So see the body of the other one. Notice the emotions internally. Notice the emotion externally. Uh, so that's how we, uh, we can develop the Dharma, is practice not just here, but outside. And bring mindfulness, you know. So seeing in oneself uh, agitation when is not judgmental, one is uh, conscious. Oh, agitation here. Seeing agitation outwardly, hopefully the practice would make that uh, we could notice, oh, there's agitation there without the judgment aspect, you know. I'm so mindful, they're so agitated. You know, (laughs) that wouldn't be the Dharma practice, you know. It would be confusion, you know, using the Dharma knowledge or vocabulary to create a self. So, internally, externally, noticing uh, in the other, the experience of pleasure, of displeasure, as we uh, uh, become aware of it internally. And uh, that was a parenthesis to something else. So, externally, our attention. So what? You were explaining that you saw in us intention to... Oh, thank you. Yvette is really right on. (laughs) So, yes, exactly. So as I was looking out, this I could see, and I can still see it, the intention in many of you, I think, all of you, the intention to hear, to understand. Isn't that true? That this is at play at this moment? That there's an intention to actually understand, to capped yeah so this is a factor of mind it's at play uh, all the time in human beings uh, when they're awake and so there's the intention sometimes to adjust the posture sometimes the bell ring and arises the intention to raise the body you know to stand sometimes there's the intention to go to the bathroom sometimes the intention to speak sometimes the intention to uh, reach for a spoon, a ladle, you know, something. And so here, as we're practicing today, that might be something we could become aware of here and there. Oh, look at that. There is the intention to scratch, or the intention to even think about something. You know? And so here in the quietness, sometimes we're sitting, and then I could plan all of next week. You know, nobody would know. You know, I could really delight in planning, you know, what I'll tell about the retreat. You know, and how I'll instruct beings now. <laughs> you know? And so, then we, be, we can notice, oh, is that the wisest intention in this circumstance, circumstance here? So, becoming aware of intentions. This factor of mind in the teaching, we say is ethically, ethics, morality, is ethically neutral. It's what brings the energy towards a movement, 
of speech, of uh, body, or of mind. So it's just what makes something possible. Sometimes in retreat, I heard teacher talk about the about to moment, the about to stand. So um, let's try it just also in this way here. So I'll invite you to have the intention to raise your hand and then to move it back and forth in front of you, your face. Uh, yeah, so that intention. Can you feel the intention arising in you to raise your hand? So the intention, this is the about to raise the hand moment, you know. So it's a mind factor, huh? The hand won't raise if there's not the mind that puts itself, you know, gathers its forces to make this happen to the body. So let's do it. The intention to raise the hand, and then the intention to move the hand back and forth, like this. It's a very subtle thing in the mind, but it does exist. Huh? There's the intention and then the intention to stop and to put down. And so the intention in this exer- exercise was there from beginning to end. It was not just the about to, it needed to be there for the gesture to continue. So it means there's many choice points here. Oh, maybe I'll stop that in- <laughs> intention, you know. <coughs> and so doing this also, there's an intention the whole way. In this case, Neutral, ethically neutral. It doesn't mean anything. But this uh, gesture of reaching the hand could be to actually help, uh, caress, you know, it could be, or it could be to take for myself, you know. So in the practice, it becomes central, and every of the aspect we name now we could say is central. Oh, pleasure, this pleasure central in terms of uh, how the mind clings and creates trouble for itself. Intentions in human beings central because this the, the intention hides benevolence, hides greed, arrogance, humility, you know. And so we want to become aware of this because when I'm about to speak, I have the intention to say something what is it led by? Is it led by contributing? Is it led by being seen? Is it, and so karmically? <laughs> charged, huh? Because if I have an intent, you know, we know karma. You know, we just go back to bed at night and we're like, oh my God, why did I say that? You know? We know the repercussion. We're in bed and the heart is beating. Or we're in bed and we're like, that was a beautiful thing to actually do. It was great to do. You know, we can recognize that intention was wholesome. It helped the situation. And so here, in this day of silence and research, where the mind maybe has quieted some, we might be aware to become, become interested or become aware of intention as they arise, are there, you know. And that can be really interesting. It's, uh, this is a responsible thing to do for you. A human being, a citizen, a neighbor, a co-worker, a partner, a parent, to actually know one's intention. Because huh? often, so just notice it raise in you this question, this thing, and not notice if the answer will come um, 
here or later in the practice. Yeah? Thank you. <coughs> so, um, yeah, so being aware of the intention, because often when we're not, others have to be. You know, that's what happens. We can be aware of the intention of the other and they don't know themselves. You know. And uh, so here we want to become conscious beings. We don't want to become guilty or best this or that. We just want to become conscious. It seems like it's the best way to be a, a human being conscious of what's arising. Because in the consciousness, choice points open. You know, being aware of what I'm motivated by, I can realign and say, oh, actually, I could de- let that one go. You know? Or, oh, acting on this is good. You know, it's beneficial. So, you know, a place for me that I, um, I mean, not just for me, but for many people, a place in practice, like in the retreat, where intentions become really interesting, is in the walking, you know. So as you're walking, um, you know, what makes the intention to stop arise? Have you reached the end of the path that you delimited yourself? Or, you know, when I walk in a room like this, I'm always interested by the fact that the intention to stop walking is conditional to the fact that there's a wall, you know. And when the body reaches almost the wall, suddenly, almost as if magic, I have the intention to stop. But it shows me how circumstantial intentions are, you know. At lunchtime, if you uh, happen to have a plate and a fork and food on the fork, I bet you that the intention to bring the fork to the mouth will arise. The conditions are re- are gathered <coughs> for the intention to reach to it, to come. You know. And so, you know, you stop in the walking See if you can notice the intention to rise. It takes a decision moment to actually turn. And so here we've slowed enough. Our mind are not so occupied that maybe we're able to sing and feel. And sometimes you'll notice you'll stay there for 10 minutes trying to (laughs) kind of really become aware of this intention to turn. And then the turning, and then the intention to step. And you might notice... uh, kind of momentum-ish to the an intention, you set it and it kind of might perpetuate itself so that the whole 10, 15 or 20 pace happen almost by themselves. But there's an intention there that can be highlighted. So just a few ideas here, just enough maybe to start our own research about this. Yeah? So, intention to speak, intention to move, and even in the teaching, we say that uh, thought is intentional. If the mind's quiet enough, I've seen this many, many times, where I see the kind of intention to think before thinking. So, I'm sitting here, it's quiet, and then there's an intention to comment about the quietness, or the, you know, and then uh, the mind is like this, and then there's a 
And then there's a dropping of the intention. Ah, and that can save a lot of trouble. Because when suddenly, like, there's the possibility, you know, of worrying about something or creating a story where this would have happened and this person would have... And so we enter and, and then we notice the intention and we say, actually, <laughs> maybe I'm not going to keep that intention going because that's going to be a big aggravating loop. Huh? It's going to come with emotion and fear and debate and, and I'm going to be spitted out on the other side a little uh, perturbed, you know, a little shaky. So maybe I can let that one go right away. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's try this a little bit and see what uh, what shows up. So now you might have the intention to rearrange the sitting posture to find a com- comfortable posture. even notice the intention to be aware. (coughs) Maybe you don't have the intention to emit uh, opinions, but more the intention to find out. To notice what is happening. notice at some point during the sitting or another one that it's hard to stop the intention to think about stuff and comment and consider some kind of agitated way probably because there is addiction addiction to a particular kind of sugar called thinking So it might be hard to stop that momentum.
if you uh, want to notice the intentions to move that will arise uh, with the bell ringing maybe the intentions the intention to open the eyes to release the legs Okay, we have um, time for uh, a couple of uh, questions, maybe. And it could be good to let space for people who haven't uh, expressed themselves uh, in this hall, just to give it a little pause, just for other voices to come. Yeah, this is a pretty uh, subtle one, but I think, uh, you know, if there was more days of sitting, maybe, of you know, the, the mind could quiet even more, and maybe this would become more apparent. Sometimes it's circumstantial, you know, things are happening in our lives that there is an agitation that makes it, uh, you know, impossible to, to see at that level. Um, I think the being interested in it mm-hmm. might uh, might help. You know, when we did the exercise with the name and removing uh, bits of the name, just before that exercise we were interested in the arising of thoughts. And maybe at that time, I don't know for you, but I'm, I would suspect, suspect that for a few of us, then there was not so many thoughts because there was the intention was really strong to actually discover, you know, and so it would actually... Uh, uh, not let the intention arise. So, um, but I think that um, being particularly interested in that, I don't know, when you sit for the first few minutes when the mind gathers, you know, you might actually um, see at some point. But most of the time, human beings, you know, will find uh, 
after, <laughs> during, <laughs> wagering, during. And uh, sometimes in life we can, no? We, you become aware, you know, you're in a conversation and, you know, being stopped by the fact that somebody's talking. <laughs> I can't talk right now, like I'm looking for the gap in their speech. <laughs> Might make me aware that, oh, I, you know, and there can be indications in the body, you know, that there's a movement or so. Yeah. Very subtle. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a very common experience. More, more common than uh, the opposite. <laughs> Thank you. But you, so you make a distinct. There's the urge, but you have no intention to do something, um, or there's an intention, but you also have the intention not to do something about it. Yeah. The mind is really quick, but um, you might be onto something. You know, it's worth uh, checking it out and seeing. Ah, there's something I called an urge. There's something I would call an intention, and there might be something I would call a motivation or. Um, like, um, you know, we could talk about, like, larger intention, the intention in my life or, you know, the intention coming to this retreat, although it's f flickering like this. You know, there's an intention to develop something or, you know, I'm going to go back to study something because I have an intention to complete this certificate in something. You know, so there's this intention. It's not momentary, but it also has a strong impact because it gives direction, it gives momentum, it brings energy together. So, uh, yeah, so maybe different, a uh, lot of different nuances uh, to discover in there. Yes? I reflect a bit on doubt in connection with this. Because I, uh, I am aware of intention, but sometimes, because uh, I have a lot of pain at the moment, you know? Yeah. Uh, an intention to leave, but I don't want to give up. So I also got intention to. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, sometimes we have, uh, you know, uh, conflicting intentions, mixed intentions, um, debating intent, different intentions at the same time. You know, like uh, these, as you're noticing. You know, uh, and so we we bring awareness, and that, as you're describing, can create doubt. You know, wh which intention should I follow? You know. And um, to me, what I've noticed in my life is that um, I have to do some kind of work of acceptance around uh, not knowing exactly what will lead where. You know. So sometimes I'm in, a f you know, there's a fork here, two choices. You know, I could go or stay, like you're describing. And I'm not sure which is the best one. And uh, before I would think that this was a problem, you know, that I should know, you know. And, uh, and so, so now when I see this, I'll say like, uh, you know, I try to accept that uh, the future being unknown often 
we don't know where our intention will lead us, you know. Do I speak now or do I wait? Is it going to be more helpful in this situation if I speak or if I don't? It's not very clear. And um, so, you know, jo Joseph, I hear him um, quote Yogi Berra, and the, the quote is, when you reach a fork in the road, take it. <laughs> you know? So at some point you're like, you don't know. But not knowing, mm. I'm going to, you know, commit to this for at least to engage the energy and then maybe re, you know, more information will come, you know. Uh, yeah. In other situations, we have, you know, conflicting intentions, like we want two things, you know, and the dukkha is that we won't get both, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's like the limiting aspect of reality. You know? it's like if I choose this, then I'm not choosing that, so I have to let go of getting both versions, you know. So, um, probably tenderness is a good intention to bring in, you know, some acceptance. And, uh, yeah. Okay. okay. So, um, groups for some of us, and for some of us, uh, walking. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.